Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode and another day of this Poor Pastors Podcast. Today, I'm going to answer or try to answer in 10 or 12 minutes this idea of whether or not God even needs us. One of the things that stands in the way of people and their perception of God and acceptance of the presence of God is that we have this nagging suspicion that we're not actually that important to God. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need anything. Doesn't the Bible say God doesn't need anything? Does that mean that we're not important? Is that affecting people's idea of the fellowship and relationship that God desires to have with us? I think it does. So I'm just going to talk to you about that for a few minutes today. So grab a notebook, grab a cup of coffee or cup of tea, or just sit in a quiet place for a few minutes as we talk about this. Thank you for joining me on this midday. Hope you're having a great week. And I'll be back in just a moment as soon as I take a sip of my cup of coffee to dive into today's topic. Hold, please. If you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm not a fan of what I call worm theology. I'm not a fan of this idea that we are all such vile wretches uh, that, um, you know, God just, you know, he takes pity on us, but he doesn't really want much to do with us. Part of the reason that this bothers me so bad, the first reason is because I don't think it's a biblical understanding of God or the human condition. Secondly, I'm, I've seen a lot of damage done when trying to help people come into a relationship with their heavenly father, a heavenly father who by all accounts from a lot of pulpits, isn't even that nice of a dude. There's a lot of people that don't mind loving Jesus. We're bothered by a few of the things that he did and said, but overall we kind of like him, but that father, man, thank God for Jesus who stands between us and that angry father. And in fact, now I get to go to live in my father's house, but thankfully, even for all eternity, he won't really be seeing me. He'll just be seeing his son, whatever that even means. The question is, does God want or need a relationship with human beings? I started talking yesterday about this idea that God seemed to be on a long journey of bringing people back into fellowship with himself. Starting from the very moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, right up through the culmination of the book of Revelation, where God himself comes down and lives with men, and they shall be his people, and he will be their God. This is the heartbeat of God. It's the heartbeat of the gospel. It's the heartbeat of both the Old and the New Testament, not just the salvation of the nation of Israel, but the salvation of the whole world, Jew and Gentile. That's my belief. I believe that the God we commonly call our Heavenly Father is a God who desires to have a relationship with us and a God who loves even those who are at odds with him. To prove this, I need go no farther than his son, Jesus Christ, who said, when you love your enemies and you do good to them that hate you, you'll be, like, you'll be, a, you'll be the child of your father in heaven. Have you ever seen one of your own children do something that you recognize as like you and either you or somebody who knows you says about your child, they're just like their dad? What do they mean by that? They're exemplifying the qualities of their dad. 
somehow in Christian circles, we get the idea that God asks us to be more forgiving, merciful, and gracious than he, the Father, is. And Jesus says, not at all. In fact, if you want to know what the Father's even like, look at me. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Jesus Christ, and he desired, he sought out, he came to seek and to save. He desired fellowship and had friends and enjoyed that love between the brethren. God does need. Not in the sense that if he doesn't get it, there's a lack. Now, there's a verse in, in Acts chapter number 17 that a lot of people will use when, when promoting this, and it's from Paul's sermon on Mars Hill, when Paul said, hey guys, you know, I was in the city and I, and I was passing by and I saw uh, an altar. I, I was watching how um, devoted you were to the worship of your gods. And keeping in mind in the Greek pantheon and the ensuing Roman pantheon of gods, the gods in the Greek pantheon needed the worship They did great things and bestowed favor to obtain worship because they needed worship to maintain their eternal life, to put it simply, and their their strength and their power. And so they needed worship uh, from from mortals, okay? And so keeping that in mind as the backdrop, listen to what the Apostle Paul said. I, I saw your devotion, but I saw an inscription to an unknown God that you ignorantly worship. Now, I want to talk to you about him, Paul said. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. So that word needed is kind of interesting because it's the only time it's used in the entire New Testament. But it means uh, to need anything further than that. Uh, In other words, he doesn't All Paul is saying here to his Greek audience is that the God who created all things doesn't need what your gods need. He doesn't need worship in order to maintain anything in himself. He is Lord of all. But that is not the same thing as saying God doesn't desire. The mistake that a lot of people make is they equate the word desire with the word need. Now, if it was true that God never needed anything at all, He's just aloof, and he himself never desires anything at all, then we've got a problem because in all of the synoptic gospels, as Jesus is approaching his journey into Jerusalem, he tells his disciples to go and find that little ass's colt, right? Go and find that little donkey's colt, and if anybody asks you what you're doing, you know what he said. He said, tell them this, the Lord hath need of him. So if God never needs, period, end of sentence, anything, what you're, there's at least one place in the Bible where Jesus, who is Lord of all, and the, and the Lord and the God and creator of the world that the Apostle Paul was talking about, at least once in, the, in his life, needed something. He needed that donkey. Right? So it, we have to think better about that. To say God never needs, God doesn't need you. So when, a, when someone stands up from a pulpit and tells you that God doesn't need you, 
That's, that's a horrible thing to say. Pastor, don't ever say that to the people. God isn't, de- isn't like a, a teenage girl desperate for love. And God won't be diminished in his essence if we don't return his love. So in that sense, it's true. But it is not true that God would be just fine if we never worshipped him and we never came and fellowshiped with him. He desires to have a presence in our life. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee with stones. How often would I have gathered thy children under my wings as a hen gathereth her chicks? And you wouldn't let me do it. You wouldn't let it happen. There was a desire for fellowship. There was a desire to protect and defend and to love. In the, in the book of Isaiah, what more could have been done to my vineyard than I've done? Or when God says, I called and they did not answer. Now, I, I can, you can make a case, and it's a pretty good case, that, that God knows that it's good for us to have fellowship with him. But fellowship is, a, is not a one-way street. It is a two-way street. When God desires fellowship, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father. Fellowship is a two-way street. God does desire to fellowship, and in that sense, you could say he needs it. But if I grant you that God doesn't need us, one, I mean, if I had time, we could really keep drilling down on this because it, it's not even a theologically defensible statement to say God doesn't need. Yeah, he absolutely does. But he does want. Now, here's, here's how you might think about it that, that might help you. If I said God doesn't need us in the sense of not having our fellowship diminishing from his deity, which was what Paul was saying, it is not true then that it's wrong to say that he wants fellowship with us. God is love, and love seeks an expression of its love in others. God didn't have to create, I suppose, but again, that's a topic for another day, but he chose to at the very least, and he wants fellowship. So God wants fellowship, and he wants his presence to be in our life, even if he doesn't need it to maintain any sense of deity or power in himself. The tragedy is that very many people like you and I who desperately need God, or or we will be diminished, God doesn't need us in order not to be diminished, but he wants fellowship with us. We need God in order to be all that we can be and to experience eternal life. The tragedy is that the men who who need God most often don't want God. But I wonder sometimes if some people don't want fellowship with God because they've been told God doesn't need them in any way. He's just aloof. We need him and depend on him, but don't think for a moment that you bring any pleasure to God. And this is rooted in the, in the Neoplatonic idea and the classical theist idea of the impassibility of God. Again, don't have time to go into all that. But I just want you to understand, I understand those concepts and they're in my mind. I'm just trying to speak plainly to you here without going into that, uh, you know, a theological dissertation on impassibility and classical theism and what a whacked out belief that is. Anyhow, uh, I, I want you to know that Paul wasn't saying that God never needs in any sense. He was talking to a bunch of Greeks saying he doesn't need worship in order to be the powerful God that he is. In fact, he gives life. You're not giving life to him through worship. He gives life to you. But he does want fellowship with you. He does desire if the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he desires fellowship 
the salvation of souls, then it is then it is also true that he wants it. He doesn't want anyone to perish, which means he wants people to have life. Jesus came that they might have life. So God may not need in the sense of lack, but he does want. And I want you to know today how desperately you and I need the presence of God in our life. I hope that you want it. And I want you to know that if you want the presence of God in your life and you reach out to him, Paul said, if you feel after God, he's not very far from any one of us. It's not that God has abandoned us. He desires fellowship and desires for, our, for us to recognize and experience his presence in our lives. God does want a relationship with you. It's not just a one-way street. He's not a distant deity who just needs something from you or doesn't care one way or another. He wants fellowship with you because he's love. And I think that's important for you to recognize. And I hope that that encourages you to go and seek the Lord today, knowing that when you go to the Lord in prayer and spend time with him in the Bible, meditate on his word, God enjoys that. He wants that fellowship. He wants to reveal himself to you. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Because that's what he wants. It's good for you. And God enjoys it as well. So, go seek him today. And I'll be back tomorrow with another episode of this Poor Pastors podcast where we'll continue this discussion about exploring the presence of God. Talk to you then. <laughs>